0: Census data is already always really fascinating stuff because it paints such a portrait of what's happening in your country. And usually it's a pretty accurate one. And the census data released today, reflecting 2021, the first update since 2016, had all kinds of interesting stuff in it. Um, The Canadian population is growing at the fastest rate in the G7. And that in and of itself is pretty interesting. We also witnessed the reversal of a trend that existed for 80 years. And that was really the influx of people into the Maritimes. For most of our lifetimes, or my lifetime at least, or for a very long time, there's always been more people leaving the Maritimes than coming in. And for a very long time, more people went out west than went back east. It turns out that has changed. Here's Halifax's mayor explaining that he's not so surprised. The numbers are positive, very positive. They come with challenges, uh, you know, housing and uh, social inclusion and things like that. But growth is a good thing because it allows us, it enables us to do those other things to make the city better. So I think that's what it'll show that, that we're continuing to grow and among the fastest growing cities in the country. So our population growth was faster than the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Italy, Japan, driven primarily by immigration. Joining me now to dig a little deeper into this updated portrait of our fine land is Ann Murphy. Uh, she's an Associate Professor Cross Appointment on Aging at UBC's Okanagan campus. Welcome to the show, Marianne.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I guess this is kind of an exciting day for those who feast on this kind of data. Um, looking at these census highlights, what are some of the things that stood out for you?
1: Well, uh, first off, as you mentioned, it is very exciting because these are the first results that we've really seen out of the 2021 census. And, of course, that's a mandatory census that most Canadians will remember filling out last spring. We had about a 97% response rate. So this really provides an incredibly good snapshot of what's going on right across the country. I Sorry, go ahead. The first thing that I looked for, of course, was what is our population today, and it turns out it was a little bit lower than Statscan was projecting last year. But we've certainly grown a lot at thirty-seven million.
0: That's that's I mean I, that's the fastest growing in the G seven and one of the top ten worldwide in the last five years, is it not?
1: That's right. We topped the G seven growth at double the rate of most countries. In fact, last year, just as one example, Canada grew 0.4%, while the U.S. grew only 0.1%. So uh, what they did in this census, of course, was consider COVID and some of the things that have affected growth rates right across the world. But despite that variation over time, we, in that time period since 2016, have increased our population by 5.2%. 1.8 million
0: more Canadians is, uh, or 1.8, more, 1.8 million more people here, nearly 37 million in total. That, that, is, uh, that is impressive. I, there were some interesting trends that I noticed in this year's data. One of them was a, a shift from west to east, so a reversal of what we've been seeing for so long.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting because the Maritimes saw a higher rate of growth compared to the Prairies, and this is really unprecedented since the 1940s. And they're attributing some of that at StatsCan to immigration and interprovincial uh, moves. But also speculated that with COVID, there's the possibility that with being able to work remotely and lower housing prices, that it drew a lot of people home or it drew a lot of people there because of probably real estate prices.
0: And maybe a, a trend we may see continue as well. I also noted that, that fewer people left the Maritimes than arrived, which was also something we hadn't seen in many decades.
1: That's right. And I guess we'll have to do a little more uh, looking to figure out what exactly the dynamic is there. But uh, regardless, that trend of west to east is really uh, something that stands out. You're perfectly right. I think the other thing that really stood out to me was that overall, the census is really a story of immigration. StatsCan is telling us that um, there are three factors that affect population growth. Fertility and mortality are two. But that only explains 20% of the growth. The bulk of it, around 80%, is explained by immigration. Either people who came new to the country or more likely who were already here uh, waiting in the wings to have their immigration approved. So some of them temporary residents already here became permanent residents. And then of course we saw some ease, easing of COVID restrictions for approved immigrants. Right. So despite the fact today that the uh, Canadian association of immigration lawyers is calling for uh, more rapid and more intense processing I think as a story around the world, uh, the fact that immigration is driving our growth to such a degree is probably a surprise to most Canadians.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the natural increase, which is the birth rate versus the death rate actually fell over the five years, even though our population was increasing at a pretty rapid rate.
1: Yeah, interestingly, uh, we've just adjusted our fertility rate down this year from 1.47 to 1.40 which puts us exactly on par with the fertility rate in Japan. And it's an interesting comparison because Japan has low immigration. So their growth, um, any growth is, is predicted really for a negative increase. So unless they do something different, their population will continue to decline over the coming years.
0: Yeah, that's what we saw that both Italy and Japan had declining negative growth uh, negative growth. Um, so it's clearly immigration uh, in this country is fueling all the most of the population I mean, you said eighty percent of the population growth we're seeing, so very important. One of the things I found interesting too, we were looking at sort of the uh, the fastest growing areas in the country, and you happen to be sitting in one of them at the Okanagan campus of UBC, uh, uh, Marianne Murphy. That, that was that did that come as a surprise?
1: Um, A little bit it did. Uh, I'm in one of the fastest growing census metropolitan areas in the country. Kelowna topped out at number one in growth at 14%, taking us to about 222,000 population. But it's been visible here in our real estate prices, a real estate boom, placing us, you know, neck and neck with um, horrific prices like we see in places like Victoria, where you're speaking from today. Uh, we see a tremendous demand, demand for housing, which is driving up prices. And we also see it at the university with record numbers of students applying to come and live here.
0: There was a, a, another trend I was looking at where, at least up until the pandemic, downtowns were growing really quickly. And then at the same time, sprawl was growing really quickly. And I wonder how you square those two things.
1: Well, in Kelowna, the city council here has done something interesting. They have decided not to approve any further very large residential developments that are focusing instead on high-density downtown core areas. And this would be pretty consistent with StatsCan telling us that not only do three out of every four Canadians live in a large city, But those downtown cores are really growing. But if you think of a place like Calgary, you can just walk around and see how many empty office buildings there are in downtown Calgary. It'll be really interesting in the future, especially if we work more remotely, whether people will continue to be attracted to those downtown cores. I think that's an outstanding question.
0: I'm speaking with Marianne Murphy, Associate Professor Cross-Appointment on Aging from UBC's Okanagan campus in the fastest growing metropolitan census area in the country over the last five years around Kelowna. Um, one of the other things that, that I was looking at that was also equally interesting was was just the the kind of, once again, looking at some of the areas where there was really rapid growth and some of the areas where there was a fall. So Yukon was, grew a lot, but the other northern Uh, territories did not. I found that fascinating.
1: That is fascinating. I suspect that has to do with perhaps resource economies.
0: (laughs) And and Newfoundland equally, also lots of resource economy there, at least uh, a dwindling one was down. The only, the only Atlantic province to see uh, or the only province to see population decline was Newfoundland and Labrador.
1: Yeah. One factor that might slightly offset the Northern growth is the higher fertility rate among um, uh, Northern and Indigenous Canadians. So that would be one of the factors that I was mentioning earlier that can offset our understanding of what the actual population number looks like. Interesting. But I think, uh, you know, I think we remember a couple of weeks ago, the Pope coming out and saying he thought that people around the world were being very selfish and focusing a lot of attention on pets and deciding not to have children. And this decline in fertility that you see there is another dramatic story because it's happening all over the world. The global fertility rate um, in 2017 was only 2.5 children per couple or per woman. Mm -hmm. And that's that's about half of what it was in the 1950s. So you have to look ahead and think, well, if fertility rates are dwindling in all these countries, including Italy, uh, what will they all do in the end to compete for immigrants? If that is the key factor for population and economic growth,
0: certainly Canada, for the time being, seems to be doing something correct because our uh, our numbers were were impressive over the last five years. As a very last question to you, I know there's a lot of data here. What do you start looking for now? Like what of what in the data will you be looking to find out more about?
1: Well, we wait for the next uh, releases of data. My particular interest is in family formation and the types of families. We won't see that data coming out until this coming summer. But I'm tremendously interested in, for example, the number of people that are cohabiting, the number of common-law marriages, the number of uh, young people who are still staying at home with their parents, what's happening with that trend during COVID. And... um, I'll also be looking to see um, uh, things like uh, how older couples are faring, especially given that a high number of older adults live on their own. Mm -hmm. And that presents a really interesting question around our, our housing types, the kind of services and supports that we want to provide for an older population.
0: Marianne Murphy, we know the census data fuels a lot of interesting work, yours included. Thanks so much for being with us tonight.